for family and time for church. And so the Word of God really inspired the way he operated as a business. And what's interesting is, as of right now, Chick-fil-A is the most profitable fast food chain restaurant per store. And so there is no other fast food restaurant that does more money per location than Chick-fil-A. In fact, the last four years, it's actually been voted as the best uh, experience for fast food restaurants. And God just continues to bless, even in that secular type experience. In fact, I was down at Fashion Fair Mall a few weeks ago, and I saw this massive line. I mean, it was, if you've been to Fashion Fair, it was literally coming all the way out of the Fashion Fair Mall parking lot. It zipped around, and the line was now actually, I think that's Fresno Street right there, or maybe First Street, and it was coming around onto First Street. I'm thinking, what is the line for? I start following it around. It's probably like getting close to a mile long, and it all led right to Chick-fil-A. And uh, the reason I bring that up is because these, these commitments, you know, uh, that True Kathy had to this Sabbath rest on a Sunday is something that we're going to see today and something we're going to focus in on as we focus on this series going through the book of Exodus verse by verse by verse. We are now in Exodus chapter number 20 in that famous portion of scripture that is often referred to as the Ten Commandments. And so like all the commandments that we've been studying through this series, This one is a lavish means to experiencing God's incredible grace. Uh, None of these things are mentioned because God wants to rob us from joy or rob us from peace. He gives us these thoughts so that we might have life and life more abundantly. And so we're going to dive into that at this time. If you are physically able, I'd like to invite you to stand as we read from our text today. We're going to be in Exodus chapter number 20. I'm going to start reading in verse number 7. I'll read through verse number 11 and then we'll have a word of prayer. The word of God says in Exodus chapter number 20, verse number 7, it says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Notice verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. Notice verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that in in them is, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll dive into our Bible study this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for these that have felt led of your spirit to join us in person. Lord, we thank you for those that are joining us online for time around your word. Lord, we continue to pray for our country. We ask that you would just bring your sense of unity and peace upon this place. We pray for our own city and our leaders, Lord, that you would give them discernment on how to navigate these interesting times in which we find ourselves in. Lord, I pray for our church and our individual families, Lord, that are made up of those that are here and and those that are joining us online. I pray that your peace would just be upon them, that your blessing would be upon them, and that, Lord, we would find uh, just a deep sense of your grace as we live out this uh, principle of Sabbath rest. I pray that you would use your word to encourage our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Our theme for this morning is simply this, human beings need a rhythm of work and rest in order to live up to their God-given potential. So let me say that one more time. 
Human beings need a rhythm, that is this kind of rhythm, both of work and rest in order to live up to their God-given potential. And depending on your personality, you might be the type of person who's, you know, you got the work part down. In fact, maybe some people might even call you a workaholic and you have a hard time pulling away, trying to figure out how to also make time for your marriage and your relationships and your friends and your kids and your family and other priorities in your life because that's the bent of your heart. There might be others and you're like, man, uh, I think I've got the rest thing down. Man, I'm really good at resting. I'm really good at chilling. I'm really good at taking it easy. And, and the reality is, within God's plan, He wants us to live in a rhythm of both, a rhythm of work and a rhythm of rest. And so it is in this commandment that God really gives us access to a deep measure of His grace. Because for those that find themselves in this position of maybe being a little, oh, we can use, say, maybe lazy, God's encouraging us and calling us to a purpose, a life of work. And to those of us who might want to find our identity and our sense of security and overworking, God calls us now to rest. And he calls us to a rhythm, a balance between both rest and work. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, of course, we're going to see here uh, in our passage, verse 7, uh, it does say that we're not uh, to take the name of the Lord our God in vain. So let me just park it here for just a brief second, all right? We're not going to preach a whole message on this. But can I just say to our church family, I believe that there is an importance of keeping the name of God sacred in our vocabulary. And I realize that in our pop culture in which we live, it is kind of cool just to use the name of God flippantly. To use the name of God like it's a comma or something in our, t in our talk, in our speech. And, and what this is calling us to, it's saying, no, there should be a sacredness to the name of God. The name of God should be used in sacred conversations. It should be used accurately. I don't know that it's the wisest, most healthy thing for the psychology, the mindset of a believer to just use the word God for every little thing that happens, specifically when it's coming from a, an emotion of anger, when it's coming from an emotion of frustration, when it's coming from an emotion of just irritation. And oftentimes in our culture, that is when the term God is used, when, it, when it's coming from frustration and, oh, you know, and they'll say, oh my, oh, because they're frustrated or they're upset or they're just using it flippantly. And, and what God's really calling us to is a sacredness of his name. That, that his name is holy. And that, that his name should be used in reverence. And that's not just to follow some ritual that some religion made up. It's to prime our hearts to help us more easily be able to experience the divine. It is for our benefit, it is for our good that we learn in our hearts and our minds to reverence and honor and respect that sacred divine name. It's for your good. So when a preacher or the Word of God uses that term, it, it's something unique, it's something special. It has emotional connections to something good. Not, not that we primed our subconscious to think of that word in a frustrating tone or an irritating tone or a flippant tone. No, we want our consciousness to be primed toward the sacred, toward the divine. 
And so when that term is used, when that word is used, it, it elevates our mindset to a sacred place. And so the Bible tells us, don't, don't take this name of the Lord in vain. Don't use it flippantly. Use it intentionally. Why? Because, because God hates it when people are saying mean things about him? <laughs> no. For you. So your heart, when you hear that name, it, it evokes something real and passionate and sacred and divine. It, it, it doesn't lose its authentic meaning to your soul. And, and to some degree, our culture is trying to water down that term, that concept, God. Our culture wants it to mean something less than what it actually means. And so God calls us to a sacred understanding of that term. But let's keep going. Today we're going to primarily focus on this idea of Sabbath rest that is mentioned in verses number 8, 9, 10, and 11, all right? And so that's where we're going to focus. And, and, and what I want you to see today is I want to ask you this question. How are you doing at balancing the rhythms of work and rest, all right? That's my question for you. How are you doing with this grace? God's calling us into this grace to navigate the rhythms of work and rest. And he gives us these, he gives us his word so that we can experience all that he has for us in, in greater, greater ways. So notice verse number nine, if you will. Notice what the Bible says. We'll start right here. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. All right? Uh, we see this played out in the creation. How many of you remember, according to Genesis, how long does the Bible say it took God to create the world? Did anybody even Six days, all right? So there's a model by the divine to say six days work, and then God took one day to rest, okay? Just a little quick quiz here. How many of you think God, the divine creator of the universe, needed rest? <laughs> was there something in his essence that was like, oh man, I'm so exhausted. I really could use some R&R. No, it's not that the divine, the creator, needed to rest. It's not like he needed a nap. He was creating a pattern. He was showing us as human beings the rhythm that is most optimal for human beings. He created you to perform at optimum levels in your career, with your family, with your mind. And he says, wait, the way to most optimally perform as a human being is to sink into my rhythm. And part of this rhythm is to work. All right? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter number 9, verse 10, it says, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. God calls us to the dignity of work. Can I say, work is not a bad four-letter word. Work is a good thing. There's something about when you can get into a job and, and you do that job to the best of your ability, there's, there's a certain level of just... Uh, of satisfaction that God's grace gives to those who are leaning into the work that God has called them to do. When you are doing the work that you are destined to do, and I hope every one of you have begun to find what your destiny is, what your purpose is in life, so you can lean into that type of work that is enriching and adding value to those around you. But God says, no, work is a good thing, which leads us to our first point, and that is this, work is important. If you are physically able to work, 
if you are mentally and emotionally able to work, this is a good thing for us to do. I, I want to say, if, you, if, you're a, if you're a man here today, if you're a lady here today and you have the capacity to work, and, and our work's all going to look different. We can't compare each other with each other. But God calls us to a life of work. And for some of us, our work is going to involve mainly working in our homes with our children, at our house. For others of us, we'll go to an office. Some of us, you know, we have a room in our house and we work remotely. Regardless of what your expression of work looks like, work is important. It's part how God gives us a grace of satisfaction, a grace of fulfillment comes through living out our purpose in work. There, there's a grace, a joy that somebody who works hard experiences that lazy people don't get to experience. It's just true. Now I understand every once in a while it's nice to take a little break and just kind of Netflix and chill for a while. Nothing wrong with that. However, if that becomes a life, it's, it's not, you're not going to find the satisfaction in life that God created for you. Work is important. It's important to note that the sanctity of rest, like we're going to talk about today, the sanctity of rest is in no way, no way does it undervalue the importance or the dignity of labor, all right? It doesn't do that. Colossians chapter number 3 verse 23 says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. I know you've got bosses, you've got managers, you've got people you work for. And what this passage is helping us understand, and we see this played out even under the new covenant in the New Testament, that our work is not primarily for a boss or for a manager or for a company primarily our work is something sacred. And I want to encourage you with this. It's not just a pastor who stands up at a church who is involved in a sacred ministry. It is not just someone who is involved, you know, with religious type work that is involved in sacred ministry. Can I say this? If you are doing your work as unto the Lord to serve and to love other people, that is just as sacred as what I'm doing right now. And don't let anybody tell you different. You have a sacred calling to live out your purpose, to love and to serve and to help people. And you can do that whether you're working for the county of Fresno, whether you're working at a school, whether you're working for a company that's seeking to add value and serving your clients. The reality is every work can be sacred if it is done to the glory of God and for the love of other people. So I ask you, how's your work? How's your work? I'll say it this way, God often chooses to work through people who are already working. You want your life to impact those around you? You want your life to make a difference in those in your sphere? I'm going to say this, God tends to work through the people who are already working. They're busy, not over busy not workaholic, not finding their identity in their career, not looking to their career to be their primary source of satisfaction, primary source of security, primary source of, you know, significance. No, but somebody who is leaning, they're doing it as unto the Lord, looking to God for their security, looking to God for their satisfaction, but leaning into their work because that's what God calls them to do. That's where satisfaction in this physical realm is founded, by working hard. Some of you are familiar with uh, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Passed away, of course, earlier this year. 
right after Kobe died, my son Anderson came to me and said, he said, Dad, this was probably in February. He says, 2020 has been the worst year yet, isn't it? I said, why is that? He said, Kobe died. He was being serious, remember this? Tough year. He was being a prophet. He didn't, he, he didn't know what was coming. But 2020 wasn't going to be pretty. Kobe's professional trainer was fast asleep one night. And uh, it was 3.30 in the morning and he, and he gets a call. He answers the call and it's Kobe on the other line. He says, hey, I'm down here training. I'm working on something. I need your help. The trainer gets up. True story. Heads down to the gym where Kobe was at. And then he, you could tell Kobe had all, I mean, he was just sweating. He was working profusely. Uh, his trainer was kind of like, hey, what's going on? He's like, I need you to help me with this. He said, his trainer went on to say that one of the reasons why Kobe was, uh, could perform at such high levels is he said he'd never seen somebody who practiced and worked at, as hard at his craft as Kobe did. And, and I, I'll say this. I realize he made pretty good money for what he did, but the reality is, man, for somebody to give their entire life uh, to put a basketball through a hoop, you have a calling and a purpose on your life as well to lean in to what God has called you to do and live it out with excellence and with passion. Why? Because work is important. And whether you're flipping burgers or whether you're flipping houses, work hard at it. Don't be one of these lazy people who spend most of their time just flipping channels. Work. Why? Because work is important. Work is where, man, God's grace gives us, there's so much satisfaction, there's so much enrichment, there's so much fulfillment that God's grace gives us as we lean into our purpose and, and we work real hard at it. So we see here work is important. But let's read verse 10. He says, but, but the seventh day, he says, he says in verse number 10, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it ye shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, your male servants, nor your female servants, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within the gates. All right? For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and the sea and all that in there is. And so we see here that God's giving us a pattern for Sabbath rest. Now understand, this is being written under an old covenant. But the principle here is still the same. All of us should have a day that is given to rest and renewal. I, you know, regardless of what that day is for you, the reality, reality is all of us should go hard at work and then we should go hard at rest. To rest. And for some of us, that's harder than for others. So in the Old Testament, in fact, if you go to Leviticus, you're going to find that God often gives his people seasons of rest. And so every week he gives them a Sabbath. As you keep studying through Leviticus, you're going to see on a very regular basis, uh, God wants the children of Israel to rest and he gives them these feasts and these festivals on an annual basis. They're seasons for them to rest. They're not supposed to work on those days. They're supposed to relax. They're supposed to take it easy. They're supposed to enjoy the fruit of their labor. And there's several of these festivals. There's several of these holidays that he gives. And he says, hey, I don't want you to work on those days. Why? I want you to rest. In fact, in this ancient culture, you're going to see that every seven years, they were actually supposed to take an entire year off. So every week they were taking a day off. 
every year they were taking these vacations that would last anywhere from one day to seven days, depending on which particular feast or festival it was pertaining to. Why? Because yes, God wanted them to work, but he also wanted them to understand how to rest. And I'm going to say this, in a lot of American culture, we kind of, we kind of get these lines a little blurry and we don't work the way we're supposed to work and we don't rest the way we're supposed to rest. Here he's calling and said, hey, every, every week I want you to take a day for just rest and renewal. Every year I want to give you these days and these weeks for rest and renewal. In fact, every seven years, he says, six years, you're going to work. The seventh year, he says, I don't want you to work. They lived in an agrarian culture where farming would have been the main source of income. And he says, hey, let the fields rest. To let the fields rest assumed that the farmers were resting too. They weren't supposed to work. You say, I, I, don't, I couldn't do that. I, I know of a lot. I've got, I've got folks that I know both professionally and in ministry, and they follow that same pattern. Work for six years, take a year off. You say, I couldn't do that. And I know in our modern culture, because we, man, we leverage ourselves to such the hilt that that would be really hard for us to do. And I'm not saying we have to do that. I'm just saying this was a pattern that God put for his people to help them be optimal in what they do. And there's a lot of people to this day that still, you know, they still structure their lives so they can follow that type of pattern. And so we see this time of rest, which leads us to Ezekiel 20, verse 12. Here's what it says, Ezekiel 20. It says, I gave them my Sabbath as a sign between me and them so that they might know that I, the Lord, sanctify them. Get, get this, I want you to see this. What he's saying here is God's saying, I give you Sabbaths. Why? He says, I'm giving you Sabbaths that you would know that, that I, the Lord, make them holy. I'm the Lord that makes them sanctified. I'm the, lo the Lord that makes them unique, that makes them separated. I, the Lord, am the ones that make them whole. See, if we're not careful, we get this idea, well, I got to work seven days a week. I always got to work overtime because if I'm going to be fulfilled, if I'm going to be satisfied, if I am going to be whole, then I got to work, 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 work all the time. Can I say this? God is not calling you to always work. There's a trust. There's a faith that says, you know what? It is ultimately God that makes me whole. It's ultimately God that makes me holy. And so I'm going to follow his plan. And when God says rest, I'm going to rest. Even when I convince myself I can't afford to rest. I can't do it. I'm too busy. I just can't take a day off. Can't do it. I got to work all these overtime because how am I going to pay for this and pay for that? God says, I'm the one who makes you whole. I'm the one who sanctifies. I'm the one who ultimately does the work. You follow my plan. I'll take care of you. And so for some of us in here, we struggle with the six days of work. We struggle with working hard. We're lazy. And for others of us, we work so much that we look to find our identity in our work. We look to find our security in our work. We look to find all of our significance in our work to the degree that we can't, we, we're not taking the rhythms that God sets up. Notice verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that in there is, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and he hallowed it. Let me, let me make this statement. Sabbath rest is the celebration. Get this. Sabbath rest is the celebration of life beyond busyness and productivity. I, this is important. Please focus in on this. Rest is the celebration of a life beyond productivity and busyness. American culture tells you 
Your worth is found in what you produce and how you perform. Your, your identity, your worth, your value is found in, you know, what you can achieve. And I'm here to tell you this, that there is life beyond your productivity. Your worth, your value, your identity as a human being is bigger than how you perform or what you do. And Sabbath rest is a declaration of the faith that believes God gives more life beyond just what I do at work beyond just what I can perform, beyond just what I can produce, beyond how much money I can make. There is life and identity beyond that thing. And you know what? Sabbath is an expression of faith in that reality. Work is important. Rest is just as important. Uh, Luis Brandes, who sat on the U.S. Supreme Court for several years, uh, he was about to go to a big case that was going to take several, several weeks, and so before he took the case, uh, he went on a, a month-long vacation, and, and, and honestly, there were some people in the press and in the newspaper that were giving him a really hard time. They're saying, man, you're supposed to be a Supreme Court judge, how dare you go on a month-long vacation? I mean, you know, we pay your salary, da 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 And this is what he had to say. He says, I need rest. He says, I find that I can do a year's work in 11 months, but I can't do it in 12. What was he saying? He's saying, I can do a week's worth in six days, but can't do it in seven. He understood this principle of Sabbath rest, that there is energy that comes with following God's natural rhythm for life. And I know logically it doesn't make sense because in our minds we're like, no, if I work overtime and I work more and I don't take off for weekends and I don't follow these rhythms of rest, I will accomplish more. And I'm here to tell you, God seems to indicate something different. That fullness of life and abundance of life is found in this rhythm of work and rest. Work and rest. And if you've not found that rhythm, if you've not found that pace, I'm here to say you're probably not experiencing in your soul the fullness, the balance, the grace that God makes available for you. So here's practical application. We'll wrap this up. So rest. What is rest? Rest means to stop doing what depletes us. You know what? There should be a day a week where you stop doing what depletes you. You should stop it. Don't work every day. I'm not telling you this like to lord over you. I'm telling this to speak into your life that this is, there's a, there might be a season, but as the, the regular rhythm of your life should include regular rest, where you just stop doing what depletes you. If it's depleting, stop. You say, but what will my boss say? And what, what will my finances say? And what will, I just, you know, and there's so many reasons that we just, some of us struggle with this. And I'm here to just say, trust God with it. Trust God with the finances. Trust God with your identity in it. Rest is to stop doing what depletes. Here's the second word, renewal. Renewal means to start doing what develops. So rest is to stop doing what depletes. Renewal is to start doing what develops. And this is very important. Because sometimes what we do, what we call rest, is the, 
will go and will spend five hours scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever the case may do, be doing. And I'm not intrinsically against you know, this stuff, but what I am saying is this, that's not necessarily renewing. And I, I think there'll be a lot of sociologists that have evidence to the fact that, yes, that's, that might be rest, but it's not necessarily renewal. You say, what's renewal? Renewal is to do those things that develop. I, I really think it's important to have some enriching rituals in your life that renew you. I'm a big, big fan of these. The reality is, every morning, I have, I have just these rituals that are, that are there to renew. It's, a, it's every day. My wife could tell you, I don't think this would be extreme to say, there's probably not a day that goes by where I don't spend two to three hours in just quiet time for renewal. In God's word, in prayer, in meditation, journaling, just spending time enriching my heart with the Lord and spending time with him in those moments. Why? Because it's so important that if we're going to perform at optimum levels, yes, there's not just rest, but there's also renewal. And this even can be within the daily rhythms of our life. And so sometimes we get up and we get up at five o'clock or 5.30 in the morning. Why? So we have the time for renewal, for time with the Lord. I remember early on in my ministry, I've alluded to this in the past, I was through a season, it was really intense, very, very busy. Uh, early on, as I was younger, I really did. I struggled with what would be called workaholism. I found my identity, my security, my satisfaction, and how many hours I worked. Literally, there was something in me. I was just like, man, I, I've got I've to be at the office before anybody else gets there. I have to stay there longer than anybody else. I've got to produce more than anybody else all the time. And there was just literally no rhythm. There was no rhythm. It was just more, 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 more. It wasn't following these principles at all. I remember one day, we got a phone call. We were working on this building and I got a phone call, maybe Brother Red remembers some of this, and every once in a while we get a phone call and the contractor would be like, hey, we messed up, we didn't give you the right quote. I remember getting a phone call, we gotta add this to this building, and I remember that day, in one day, uh, the price went up $50,000, one day, just one phone call, 50,000 bucks, boom. It's like, what? And, and, and to me, I don't know, maybe 50,000 is no big deal to you. Like, I was like, 50,000, like, just like that one phone call, and 50, how are we gonna come up with 50,000? Might as well said five million. And I was just like, I was just so depleted. I remember sitting there. Probably not 10 minutes later, I get a phone call. There was a pastor on the other line. He said, uh, he said Josh, I don't know why. I felt just the Holy Spirit leading me to call you right now. He said, uh, he said, I don't know everything that you're going through. He said, I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted me to call and tell you this. Take a break. He says, I'm, I'm encouraging you. I want you to get with Jenny and I want you to go away for a couple of days. And I was like, this, I don't know this guy super well. I'm like, who are you to tell <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> and I met him a couple of times, you know. He said, I don't know. It's just what the Lord's leading me to speak into your life about. He sent me some money because I told him, I said, man, I, I, how do you even do this, you know? And he says, I'm going to tell you what. He says, just like you've had the faith to lead your church family into relocating and putting together this facility and stepping out by faith. He says, I want you to have that same faith to trust God with your rest. And for me in that season, that was actually a harder step of faith than stepping into a building project. 
And we're all wired differently, and we find ourselves in different seasons. And I know some of us are like, what? That's not, that doesn't even make any sense. Just for me, where I was in that season, it just was. And, and, and during that time, I've talked about this in the past, I think Jenny and I have matured in these rhythms of rest and renewal and work and rest and renewal and work. And now on a regular basis, two or three times a year, we'll get away. I don't feel bad going on vacation. Back in 2013, 2014, I took a sabbatical. I was gone for half the summer. I just don't feel bad for these rhythms. And I want to say this to you, you shouldn't either. Rest. Yes, work when it's time to work. Be the hardest worker at your workplace. Perform. Get it done. Man, I think God is honored when we work hard for his glory, not for our own ego, though. And then find these rhythms of rest, these rhythms of renewal. So I'll say this once again as we wrap this up. Human beings need a rhythm of work and rest in order to live up to their God-given potential. If you're going to be everything that God has designed you and wired you to be, you're going to have to find this rhythm. Rest and renewal. Rest and renewal. So here's my takeaway. Trust God enough to rest. Trust Him. Trust Him. And if you're on the other extreme and you're like, man, I, I've, I've overcome. I have overcome, you know, the... The, the, the addiction of workaholism. <laughs> and I was able to watch 19, you know, Netflix shows last month. I'm a, I'm a binge queen, a binge king. Then maybe for you, you need to find a rhythm of work. <laughs> but whatever it is that God has for you, trust God enough to fall in to his rhythm, fall into his rhythm. Guys, thank you so much for working through us. We're going to keep moving through our series on the Ten Commandments next week. I'm asking if I can. Uh, Eddie, you want to just close us in prayer, maybe mention a few of these things. And I know if you stand there, they'll be able to see you online as well. So I appreciate that. And then we'll be on our way. Before he comes, I do want to make this one announcement. Uh, every month we've been looking for different ways to serve our community. And uh, with Halloween coming up, we're going to do some things for different neighborhoods just to kind of provide some uh, candy and some different things that we'll give out and just to you and so to maybe be a help in your different neighborhoods and stuff. But if you would like to help get us some of that, uh, we're going to try to get a, just a ton of candy that we'll collate, put together, and, and be distributing it here in Northwest Fresno. If that's something you'd like to do, uh, there's a drop-off spot in the office building, so feel free to do that. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to be a small encouragement to our uh, community during this season. So, Eddie, why don't you close us in a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Good morning, church. Let's, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful, Father, that you've uh, just allowed us this time to come together this morning, Lord, and worship you and praise you, Father God. Lord, I pray that you open up uh, our hearts and our minds to uh, your words this week, Lord, as we head back into work tomorrow, Father God, that we truly commit and dedicate time to find rest, Father God, that we find a pattern, Father God, that follows uh, your creation, Father God. And, and Lord, I pray uh, just for the leaders of this country, Father God, I pray that you provide wisdom and uh, just a sermon, Father God, as as uh, we progress here, Father God, and Lord, just pray that you be with us during the work week. Be with us all, Father God. We love you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.